You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to Voices of Women with your host, Chris Stainis. Chris will inspire women and enlighten men to follow their dreams in order to create positive changes in their everyday lives. Chris can guide you with tools that will empower you and create the changes you desire. So welcome the host of Voices of Women, Chris Stainis. Welcome to Voices of Women. I'm Chris Stanis, and we're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm the founder of the Women of Wisdom Foundation and the WOW Conference. We've been changing women's lives and empowering women for the past 26 years and are working on coming up with our 27th conference coming up in February 2019. Hard to believe. So we give voice to the feminine wisdom within all so we can transform our personal and collective consciousness. When we gather, we share our stories, witness each other, validate each other, and that empowers us all to be leaders of our lives. We have lots of events happening in the Seattle region. We have lots of circles now, book club, drumming, elders, healing circles. So visit our website, womanofwisdom.org. And if you happen to be around this weekend, we have a wonderful workshop for men and women it's a gender reconciliation workshop called Transforming Patriarchy from Gender Oppression to Beloved Community. And check out the Women of Wisdom book that I compiled from our many of our speakers that have been at the conference, art and poetry, and it's a divine expression of the, the feminine. So today I'm excited I'm going to talk to someone who's been on a journey to reclaim her soul. And this is, I think, the third time I've interviewed her because this is her third book. Sarah Beek is a world re- traveled Harvard-trained scholar of comparative world religions and author of Red Hot and Holy, A Heretic's Love Story. That was in 2013. And The Red Book, A Deliciously Unorthodox Approach to Igniting Your Divine Spark. The New York Times called her one of the new role models for her generation. And her work has been published in magazines ranging from People to the Dutch Glamour, Spirituality and Health, and Publishers Weekly. She gives talks, private lessons, sessions, and retreats focused on the radical reality of the soul and its messy, beautiful love affair with being human. So she just came out with her newest book. It's called Red Relations, A Soul's Journey to Becoming Human. This book champions the importance of recovering and embodying the lost parts of your soul so you can become fully human, wildly alive, and contribute to the well-being of this planet. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, um, let's start off. I like to start off with people uh, sharing your story. Uh, one, briefly, because we got so much to talk about. How did you get interested in the study of religions? I know that's uh, uh, something that's been uh, since childhood. We'll start there. 
sure, sure. Um, yeah, I've always been interested in spirituality. When I was younger, um, it was more focused on God because I was raised Catholic up to a point. <laughs> um, in sixth grade, I started reading a bunch of different books, including books about reincarnation. And I just realized that this universe was way bigger than just Catholicism. And I really felt a calling and a duty to explore it. So I left the church in sixth grade and really just read everything that I could get my hands on, um, went to visit any holy person that came through town, any workshops I could get into, I would. I was always the youngest person. <laughs> and then in college, I studied religions and then continued in graduate school to study comparative world religions. So this has really just been a passion of mine for a long time. Um, I left academia. I thought I was going to be getting my PhD, but I stopped at the master's level. Um, and I left because I could feel a part of me uh, well, to be blunt, kind of dying in academia. Um, I felt very uh, kind of shut up. My inner voice felt pretty shut up. Um, I felt like I wasn't really allowed the, the space or the room to communicate more creatively and also to communicate from my sense of inner knowing. Instead, everything had to be, you know, footnoted and referred to outside of myself. Um, and it was just time for me to start resourcing myself. Um, so I left academia, and that's when I wrote the Red Book um, for young women who I really felt have been left out of, um, at that point at least, the spiritual paradigms around me, both traditional and non-traditional. And so I kind of gathered all of the wisdom that had really helped me in my own life as a young woman and then presented it in a way that I was hoping would be more digestible and relatable to modern young women. Um, that book took off, my career took off. Um, I was doing a video, um, more than a video, it's in a documentary film on young female spiritual activists. And it's in that time period that I had the honor of interviewing Marion Woodman, the Jungian analyst, who I'm sure you and a lot of people are familiar with. Yes, and it was yeah. at um, yeah, it was at that interview that I had the profound <laughs> wake-up call that despite all of this passion for the divine and spirituality, despite all my experiences and studies and travels around the world and this book and leading retreats at that time and being in the New York Times and creating this documentary film, I had lost my soul. And it stopped everything. It, it was a real profound um, discovery. It was incredibly heartbreaking and humbling. And really the veils I had created, the sort of spiritual bypassing veils I had created around my life dropped to the ground. And so after that, um, I stepped away from my career and my social life and many things to try to focus on how and why I'd lost my soul. And that led, uh, much of that process is talked about in Red Hot and Holy. Um, and then the kind of the second part of that process is what I write about in Revelations. But that's to kind of sum up the whole background and to bring us into present time. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you for that and a little background. Um, and then this book, Red Revelation, it's a story of remembering and reclaiming Sarah 
the forgotten daughter of Jesus and Mary Magdalene as the lost part of your own soul. So it's um, it's quite something to read this book, I'll say. And uh, but how and there's so much to get into. But how did you discover that you had this soul connection to Sarah? Um. Well, I've always had it because she's my soul. <laughs> but so just like I had lost my soul, um, apparently I hadn't just lost my soul, you know, in this lifetime. This has been a very old and ancient soul loss. So um, I guess more immediate things that started showing up that were more directly related to Sarah happened um, before I met Marianne Woodman. And there were just, I guess in some ways we could say just a lot of synchronicities, um, a lot of feelings, a lot of people coming to me about things. Um, I I think as you and probably anyone who's listening knows, this territory is very, very tricky and complicated. And to to start going into this territory is something that I resisted doing for a very long time um, because I am actually... <laughs> psychologically sound and reflective and Harvard-trained and energetically astute and someone who really prides herself on being grounded and not getting sucked into um, too many of the whirlpools that many of us can get caught in in this arena and especially in this sort of terrain when we're talking about things like soul loss and past incarnations. And um, and I'm very aware that right now, like, I've, Many people are having these sort of experiences as well. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Christina, your host at Voices of Women on Bold, Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. We're going to come back and talk more about what soul loss is with Sarah Beek, author of Red Velation. Hello, everybody. This is Coach Betty Louise, and I have a question for you. When is the last time you looked in the mirror and saw your amazing beauty and sexuality? of women do not have a positive body image. 97% of women do not like something about their bodies and over 10 million women have eating disorders. In addition, at least 40% of women are sexually repressed and one in seven marriages are sexless. I've just completed a book called Healing with Pleasure Medicine. What I will teach you is what gets in the way of your ability to see your beauty, sensuality, and sexuality. How to shift your perception to increase pleasure throughout your entire day. Okay, the place to find all of this information is CoachBettyLive.com. One more time, CoachBettyLive.com. Look forward to connecting. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a Renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. 
To learn more about Patricia Daily Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Stainis. You're listening to Voices of Women, live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And today I have the author, Sarah Beek, and we're talking about her new book, Red Velation. Um, so, Sarah, so this is, uh, you're, you've been reclaiming um, your soul, reclaiming Sarah as um, your soul. And um, so a couple of questions. Um, uh, why, you know, why the need to reclaim her, um, which may be obvious, but, um, and also I'm, I'm curious how you would receive the, inf- receive the information about Sarah. I mean, you went through quite a journey and a, the, the book is really the journey, but maybe you could share for mm-hmm. others, get a concept of kind of how this transpired. Sure. So I'll start with that second question first. Um, um, receiving information about Sarah is just uh, like for me, it's, I guess I could say it this way. If someone asks you something about your childhood, um, you would tell them. And that's the same thing for me with Sarah. Um, there's not any sort of eclectic, cosmic, <laughs> visionary, magical, spiritual experience. It's very human. Um, it's very sobering, it's very grounding, it's very in my body, um, just like any experience one has in one's life. So it's, it's not very mystical, it's just very honest and raw. Um, reclaiming Sarah as my soul, what was the first part of your question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it, but what's the question? Oh, oh to, um, why, that, why that drive to reclaim her? Oh, because I was dying, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Yeah, I, I was dying. Um, so it was really like re- reclaim your soul or die. Um, so I decided to live and go through this process, which was, um, as people can read in the book, if they're curious, not easy, um, because that lifetime was incredibly difficult and very traumatic, and really the root of all of my issues. Um, The thing about this story is although it's incredibly personal, it's also, in my opinion, kind of every human story because it deals with love and loss and betrayal and forgiveness and suffering and healing and death and resurrection. So there are these huge things that were there um, that tied directly into my daily life, in this current life. and that directly impacted and supported that. I also felt that um, why it was important for me to reclaim her was that retrieving Sarah also involves, you know, her parents. So it's retrieving a love story that involves all of us and that is often much bigger than all of us. And so really that's what this book is about for me is that true love story. Um, It's something that I feel like is the reason why we're here. And it's something that through this particular family um, hasn't really been shared in a way that um, respects humanity and respects the human experience and brings us all together in our ordinariness. (laughs) 
so that that's some of the reason why I felt called to both do this work and to share it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which reminds me, um, in, in your book, you talk about, um, I think it's part of the reclaiming in a way, the Holy Trinity. It's in, it was the, because mm-hmm. um, you talk about this love, and you know, it was the mother, the father, Mary Magdalene, Jesus, and the child who was born after Jesus was crucified. Um, so you experience, and you write about in your book, of being there in the womb when with Mary when he, Jesus is dying. And but there's this this sense of you talk about in the book about this trinity of the the child, be, um, you know, mother, mm-hmm. father, child. Um. Right. Yeah. Um. So that to me is the original trinity. Um. And it's something. It's another way to put it is. Um, and these are just labels, but people can say, you know, the divine masculine, the divine feminine, and what I call the divine soul, or the creator and the creatrix and the creative. And for me, this is much bigger than just some particular lineage or story. This has absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. This has something for me um, to do with just the very nature of our existence, that this is actually <laughs> who we who we all are and this dynamic reciprocal loving relationship with the being of this universe and the being of ourselves. And it's this trinity of true love that actually fuels us. And when we aren't given what we've been or that it's been taken away or fragmented or fractured, the actual um, living examples of this universal trinity, which my family represented, when that's been taken away, um, we are left fragmented ourselves. So we all know, especially you and your work, that the divine feminine has been missing. Um, so, but what we have also been left out is the soul. And this is bigger than just what Marion Woodman would consider the soul, perhaps. You know, this is bigger than a psychological definition of the soul. This is also our distinct divine sovereignty as beings that are an integral part of this universe and also distinct universes of our own. And without this triad, without this trinity of us all working and loving and learning and growing together, the evolution, both of ourselves and of this universe, can't happen. So the reclamation of Sarah is much bigger than just a personal soul piece. It's actually the reclamation of the soul within each and every one of us. And it's a necessity, I feel, in order for all of us to just feel more alive and natural and for this planet, which is just aching and under so much stress, <laughs> to start some of the healing um, so we can, yeah, so we can come back together again. Yeah, and you say that the soul uh, loss, it, that we're in an epidemic of it. And and I think that's mm-hmm. why, um, you know, you think about what's going on in the world right now. Uh, we can certainly use some soul reclaiming on a um Collective conscious level and and personal level, too. Well, this is Christine. It's your host of Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. We're going to come back and learn more about souls um, reincarnating and why we're here and all sorts of wonderful other information from Sarah Beek. Hello, I'm Steve Fagan, and I'm president and CEO of Fagan Associates, but I'm also a life coach. I'm here to help you reach your dreams, goals, and objectives. As a life coach, it's my job to be your support, to be your teammate, 
to help you understand what is your dream, what is your life passion, and then together we work as that team to help you reach your specific goals. Life is worth living the best you can be. Working with a life coach, you're fulfilling those dreams and goals is your passion and it's your way of living. Let me help you do that today. Let me help you really reach the best that you can be as a person and live the life you should be living. I'm Steve Fagan. I'm a life coach and I'm here for you. Contact Steve Fagan at FaganAssociatesInc.com or call 1-800-239-2701. And I'll be glad to help you move forward to live the life of success. Reach your dreams, your goals, your objectives. We can do it together. Patricia Fayweather Harlow is passionate about the environment and conserving our natural resources. She's written a five-part book series for all ages called Rock with Rodney and Party with Perky to Preserve Wildlife, which brings awareness through these vibrant characters on preserving and protecting our national parks and historic landmarks. Harlow has launched a campaign to mobilize green supporters, informing a united front against big oil, big coal, and the Keystone XL pipeline. And she addresses the controversial practice of fracking in books four and five. She's determined to bring greater awareness to the dangers of drilling and running crude oil through pipelines that cut through pristine landscapes. And she empowers readers to take action in keeping America beautiful. To learn more about Patricia Fayweather Harlow and to purchase her books, visit www.patricia-fayweather-harlow.com. That's F-A-Y-E-R-W-E-A-T-H-E-R. And play your part in preserving the landscape that we all share and love. Welcome back. I'm Chris Danish, your host at Voices of Women. We're live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And we have Sarah Beek here today, author of the new book, Red Velation. So we've been talking about soul loss and, and how that's impacted you and, and everyone. But Sarah, I, I know in your book you you talk about the divine soul and human soul. And I'd kind of like to know more, you know, if there's a difference, what, um, why you... Um, why divine and human? Sure. Um, <laughs> so in my experience, in my experience, the soul is multidimensional. Um, for the purpose of this book and to keep things simple, um, I separated them into divine soul and human soul. The divine soul to me is, it is um, the essence of who we are. It's distinct, it's sovereign, it's connected to all that is, but also unique. Um, it's also its own universe that came into this universe. <laughs> so it's, it's a very particular, fundamental, necessary aspect of this universe um, and ourselves. And um, most religions and spiritualities, the goal is to ultimately, like, lose yourself and to lose distinction or to merge with God or to become one with everything. And um, those are really important experiences and explorations. Um, For me, though, they never quite cut it. Um, There was something about returning to myself. Um, with a capital S, but even way, way bigger than that, that has been beckoning me my whole life. And so that's really the story I go into with Red Hot and Holy is actually finding and recognizing my divine soul. Um, With Revelations, what I realized was that um, I couldn't start to embody my divine soul 
my distinct divine essence without embodying my humanity. And that's really one of the core pieces that my parents were about as well, this combination of the divine and human. Um, I know many people have talked about it. Um, it's, it's really where it's at for me um, and for my parents. So the human soul is part of the divine soul that is incarnate here on this dimension, or we could say on the planet. And it has several different lifetimes or incarnations, or it has several different experiences. So the soul itself is both the most human and the most divine part of it. It's this really gorgeous, confusing <laughs> paradox um, that holds both our deepest wounds and our deepest wisdom and our darkest dark <laughs> and our lightest light. Um, and I have found that I could not go through the process, this really grueling process of reclaiming my human soul without the help and the guidance and the love of my divine soul. Because essentially, we're all one being, and my divine soul knows just how far and why she has spread herself, or she has fragmented, or she has traveled. And she also knows the exact order and way and time with which to reclaim herself, to reclaim all of her pieces. So for my particular journey, it was really important to first reconnect with my divine soul and to really bust through all the paradigms, especially the spiritual paradigms on this planet that say that doesn't exist. Um, and then to have her start to guide me in the process of reclaiming my human soul. So these two distinctions um, are the ones that I make in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And, um, and and also there is an aspect of that you, you called it going back to Sarah. It was like that was your original incarnation here. And, um, and there was, there was also a purpose for it. But um, so given that, why do you feel it's important for us to know who we are, where we come from, and why we're, why we're here? It's a big question, but in the essence of, you know, that journey, <laughs> we're here now, so why not just focus on we're here now? Why worry about, well, I first came here in 25,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago or, or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you, you certainly don't have to. You certainly don't have to. I mean, everything that we need to learn is definitely right in front of us in our lifetime. Um, I do not hold a belief that you have to go to your root. Um, I was just, I didn't have much of a choice. Um, I mean, I could have continued to ignore it, but I, I probably, I, I, I wouldn't be with us if I did. Um, my soul wanted to go to the root of the root because most of my soul was trapped back in that lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, I had to, yes. like, in order yeah. for me to reclaim my soul, I actually had to go to the place where I had lost it. I lost about 90% of my soul in that lifetime. So I was stuck. And so in order for me to continue living just in the human body in this lifetime and to proceed with this work in the world, I had to go back together, just like anybody would do that in this lifetime due to a trauma they have in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So mine just, that was the context for it. And again, also because it was, part of a much bigger story I think that was another reason that that was also part of the um part of the the sharing it publicly pressure (laughs) right right. well for me or just about me 
yeah. Right. It, yeah, it's uh, yeah because of the story, you know, Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and 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 actually, how many people on this planet know that there was a child? It's like the lost child, you know, the that loss of that um, that love story. And there's other people have been writing yeah. about it too. Um, I know, so it's yeah. there is more coming out about that. But um, so, but I, I think too that you sometimes the wounds here that we're dealing with. Yes, we can deal with them here, but if they come from another time, another. Um, uh, incarnation, the roots go so deep that sometimes you have to go to further back to release them, to understand um, yeah. um, why they're in your life now. Because, it, you know, it's going to that core. I, I, I call it in my work, the core wound. You, I think, use the term sacred wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're core wounds. That, um, they're sort of the wound of incarnation and the sacred wound are the two that I, I speak about the most, but they are all fundamentally, you know, core wounds. And, yeah, I think for some of us, it's really helpful to get a picture of that. For me, it's really helpful. I've I've been able to remember all of my lifetimes from that one as well, very simply and naturally. Um, and it just gives you your soul's arc. So you're able to see, like, these patterns and these things that you as a soul have been learning and growing through. And it just gives you a little bit more of a a background and a backstory about what's going on in your present-day life. And it gives you some relief sometimes um, and just a deeper understanding and more compassion that, you know, this this is old and ancient stuff that most of us are working on here. And to, to not beat ourselves up so much that we can't quite get something right away. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, this is Chris Danish, your host at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. We're going to come back and Sarah is going to share more about soul fragments. Hi, my name is Myra Fox and I am a survivor. I am the founder of the Castle Lewis I Survived Foundation and the author of a series of books entitled I Survived a Murder Untold, which tells the story of my sister and I who were abandoned and left in the care of a woman who beat us repeatedly. Unfortunately, it resulted in the death of my sister, Castle Lewis, which is revealed in a page-to-page chilling story. After spending time in the foster care system, I've documented my suffering and my loss and ultimately my survival. I'm blessed to work daily in my community and surrounding areas to give back by helping others and feeding the homeless. I want to spread awareness of the dangers of abuse. You can purchase my books and contribute to the Castle Lewis I Survive Foundation by visiting www.castlelewis.com or you can call us at 540-999-8401. Thank you. Intergenerational programming is uniting America due to the tireless efforts of Dr. Ramona Frischman. Retired from the Miami-Dade County Public School System, Dr. Frischman continues to develop intergenerational learning programs aimed to improve the lives of children, young adults, and seniors through unique strategies and public policy in order to establish a mutually supportive agenda. She views intergenerational programs as a resource for policymakers and the general public on economic, social, and personal initiatives that govern our society. Her work bridges the generational gap, providing many individuals the opportunity to explore areas of common ground and celebrate each other's diversity. Contact Ramona Frischman at RamonaLong at AOL.com or visit www.gu.org to learn more about intergenerational programming.
Welcome back. I'm Chris Danis. We're on Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And we have Sarah Beek here today. And we're learning about her new book, Red Volation. And Sarah, so uh, one of the things that you really go through in the book is the soul fragments. I mean, you outline, um, well, I think there's like three or four main soul fragments with Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. as a you know, um, in the womb, a newborn, the adult. So, and I'm, and I know they're all like each three, they're each were different kinds of wounding or soul fragments you had to deal with. So, um, Dell, I guess let's first tell us about retrieving newborn Sarah. Sure. Um, that, that is, um, that was more, that was less of an intense retrieval, um, and it involved um, the the moment I was born. There was a lot of expectation and hope from my parents' community that I would be male, for obvious reasons back then at that time. Um, so my first experience of coming, you know, into the world through my mother was um, profound disappointment from everyone and feeling completely rejected and unwanted and not good enough. To, to do my parents' mission, to follow in their footsteps in whatever way that was. Um, so it, it's profound wounding, and it's, it's led to <laughs> a long time of habits of trying to be accepted um, by different spiritual communities. Um, many different things have come from that wound, and it's a wound, again, that I think we all share, a feeling unwanted or rejected for some reason that we can't quite understand. And when it happens at that young of an age, your kind of soul's consciousness, you just sort of pick up on what's happened and you immediately think it's because you're wrong, like something is wrong with you. Um, so to pick up that fragment, um, when I had to do the retrieval of it, I actually wanted to do kind of more the spiritually correct thing, and that's more of my spiritual bypassing tendencies that come in, that when I went back to retrieve that fragment, I wanted to forgive my parents' community because I... I you know, that, at this point, it's like I could sort of understand, you know, it was the culture, it's what was going on. They were very stressed about carrying on this really heavy mission that they didn't completely understand. Um, they were being persecuted. They were really looking for, you know, the son of the sun. Um, but my divine soul, who I call my lady, um, kind of stopped me. And she had me feel into my female body which is both me, Sarah Beek, and also the female baby, Sarah, and feeling the both our bodies. And what Sarah, the baby fragment, was feeling was just absolute, you know, just how she was in so much pain, feeling all this rejection. And so she's screaming in pain. And my divine soul just said, like, stop being so spiritual and get real, be human. What does your female body tell you to do right now? And so I scooped up baby Sarah and just held her close to my body so she knew that she was wanted and that I loved her. Um, but I could still feel her really agitated. And so I did what any, you know, kind of fierce, like, mama would do, where I spun around and I faced, you know, my parents' community, who in other terms would be called um, the disciples. And I just bitched them out. I just screamed at them that they were being a bunch of assholes and that this was a baby and that if they did not like learn, they needed to take their issues and their attitudes elsewhere or they would never be allowed near 
me again. And I took my baby soul fragment and I just sort of stormed out <laughs> of that particular experience. And it was an immediate awareness in my body that baby Sarah was back finally, like with me, and that I could take care of myself and I could set these sort of boundaries no matter who I was around and no matter how quote unquote spiritual they may be. And so it was a really important soul retrieval because that wound has really driven so much of my relationships and so many unhealthy relationships in my life. Um, So it was very key and really important. It was also sort of the lightest of the retrievals. Um, The other two, the crucifixion and my death, were much, much heavier. And those I will never speak about on air. Those need to be read in the book. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and and then in the end, I mean, there was adult Sarah, but also in the end, there was the um, aspect that you had to actually um, reclaim Sarah, um, not just yeah. the, the adult, yeah. the experience, but reclaim her into your life, um, bring her in as a part of you. And, and I know that was very difficult for you because it meant like, you know, you're putting on ta- put on task to, you have to write this book, you have to be visible, you have to be vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not anything that I am comfortable with, um, but it really was, um, this book is an act of love for my soul. Um, it's really telling her that, you know, no matter what other people think or believe, like I believe in her and that I love her and that I will do even this <laughs> for her. You know, if the world disclaims her, I at least will still claim my own soul. And it's also really the perfect setup because doing this and being public about these experiences and claiming Sarah as a part of my own soul, it, it kind of reopens all my core wounds. It, it brings up all my fears. It's, it, it kind of just it brings it all to like a big crescendo um, and thereby kind of offering me chance after chance to do what I haven't been able to do, what I couldn't do in that lifetime or what I haven't been able to do in lifetime since then which is simply just to embrace my soul. And so every step of this process, um, every step is part of reclaiming Sarah. This phone call, this interview is part of reclaiming Sarah. Um, It's not straight and simple. It's not a done deal. Um, It's something I'll probably in some way, shape, or form be doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. I mean, you talk about core wounds, and and a lot of times when we have core wounds like that, they can be come up at any time, and we're caught in. And we think, oh, I thought I already dealt with this. It's like you know, they say peeling the onion, another layer of it. And uh, and one of the things you talk yes. about in the book is <laughs> fighting off the evil demons, and um, and 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 realizing the role they played because they you talk about in the book that they were there um for a reason um a um um let's see what would you call it a a, a um hmm, there's a term for it i can't remember what it was but it's like it was their duty a sacred duty to do this in your life um recognizing and, and recognizing your role that you were also, there was a responsibility on your part, and you wired about that in the book, too. And I think that's an important thing for people to hear, of uh, that you recognize that, um, you know, when we have wounds like that, things, um, 
it allows things to come in that um, yeah. try to destroy us. And because and, and it's wounds that let let that in. And so it's why it's essential. And what you're showing us is to re, to be reclaiming our divine, our divinity, our divine soul, and our um, and who we really are. So it's quite a story. I recommend people to read the book, but we're going to take a break now. This is Chris Stanis, your host at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. We're going to come back, and um, Sarah will share more about um, how you can begin to connect with your soul. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted and every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Horses. Mystical. Present. Past. And future. All in one. Wild. Free. Domestic and healing for everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. Welcome back. I'm Christina. So we are at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and Tune In Radio. And today I have Sarah Beek with us today. We're talking about her new book, Red Relation. So uh, we were just talking about fighting off the demons and then evil and and, um, and 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 what they are. And really, what they are. I think from your book and what your stance, they were they were lessons that um, you know you had to um, fight off to um, claim yourself, but. Um, and so that's a lot of the journey in the book. But one of the things I think would be really great to share with people is how um, you can, how you tell people how they can begin to connect with their soul and listen to their soul. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, my focus is mostly on um, supporting people and their reconnection with what I referred to earlier as their divine soul um, first. That's really the emphasis because the divine soul, once we're reconnected with that and have reestablished an intimate relationship with it, um, it knows how to handle all the other parts of us because <laughs> it's the parts of it. So all the fragments, all our shadows, our wounds, all of it. Um, so 
that's really my focus. Um, there's some really basic, beautiful, simple things to do around that. And if that's if reconnecting with your divine soul um, or soul with a capital S is something that you're curious about, I always just suggest inviting it um, either out loud or silently into your life and into your day and into your body's awareness. Um, I suggest doing that like every morning. You know, you could be brushing your teeth or when you're still in bed or when you're driving to work. And then just paying attention to different signs and synchronicities and body sensations or songs on the radio or conversations. Um, nature also is a real excellent um, transmission of soul. And I also recommend um, journaling about your experiences, kind of tracking them so you can anchor them in this reality so they don't just appear as some sort of, you know, out there spiritual experience, but that they become really grounded in your own ordinary daily life. And you start to really recognize how your soul is always and already been there, just kind of waiting for the invitation. And it's really pulling at you through your relationships, through your career, through your health, um, through everything around you. Um, so journaling every day um, about your experiences and also starting to open up the process of dialoguing where you can ask your soul a question and see how it responds. And the best way to do that for some of us that might be a little bit like, well, how do I know it's my soul? <laughs> is just to, at first, you can imagine that. You can imagine what the wisest, most loving part of you would want you to know that day or about this particular situation. And imagination in this particular regard is not make-believe. It just opens the doorway for that connection to be reestablished between the human ego personality and the divine soul. Um, so starting that dialogue is really helpful. Another thing that's incredibly helpful is putting your skin to nature each day in some way, shape, or form. Bare feet on the ground or your hand on a tree or just something in that um, is really, really, really helpful. And also movement, um, allowing your body to move with and as and for the soul, even if you just have five minutes each day. Um, and even if you think you don't know what you're doing at first, um, just generating that, that movement of soul back in your body and reawakening your body to its presence is something that is really key and fundamental and will help guide you um, on all the rest of the adventures that your soul will most likely lead you on. Yeah, touching into your your physicality, your body, the humanness, you know, it's like uh, sometimes to be spiritual, we think we um, the body's not important, but it's the reason we're here in humanity. We have a body. We can't reject that part of ourselves as part of the whole picture, as part of the whole package of um, yeah, it's experience. Not, it's necessary. <laughs> and especially for soul work, the soul and the body belong together. When they're not together, all sorts of... Um, incongruencies end up happening, um, some of which you mentioned earlier. Um, you use the word like evil and demons, and it's something, I don't really use the word evil. Um, mostly in the book, I talk about sort of nefarious forces or interfering forces, and these are just natural forces in the universe that we all deal with in some way, shape, or form, and they usually come through our, as you said so beautifully, our own wounds and our shadows and the rejected parts of ourselves. Um, but it's really important sometimes to, for me, it's been incredibly important to discern the difference between something that's mine and something that's like coming through mine and adding an extra ounce or like getting in the way or coming through people that I know and love around me. And that distinction has been really important. And it was actually a fundamental part of my first parents' work 
they always were able to discern sort of interfering forces or oppositional forces or even nefarious forces. Um, it's just a natural part of this particular area of the universe. Um, it's like being as aware of like fleas or ticks or things like that. Like you use protection when you go out. Um, if one gets on you, there's a careful process you need to do to remove it. Um, that's, that's something that's very natural. It's not something that, you, you know, you need some big, huge, you know, technique around. But all of this, I just wanted to, to kind of anchor that piece that you shared easier because it's been a very important part of my path, but I would venture to say it's an integral part of all of our path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and discerning, like, um, you know, who, yeah, who are you attracting in your life? What are you drawn to? And discerning yeah. what's, which is listening to yourself, like what is correct for you, and which means learning how to say no too. You know, some people you, and I imagine you let go of some people in your life, and you write about that. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's that's been very difficult. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's very difficult, yeah. and yeah, um, and and that's it. I mean, I. I applaud you in your book of, you know, you, you've you put yourself out there in a very vulnerable way. I mean, even your second book, Red Hot and Holly, I love that book. And I thought you were brave and courageous on that one. And this one's even more so because you really, really are authentically expressing yourself. And I, I recommend, because you even say in the book, if this bothers you, you can stop right now, don't read it. But I recommend people to read it all the way through because it continues. You, you don't know the full story till you finish the book. <laughs> You have to read through the whole thing to comprehend everything and then how it relates to to you. And it's um we all go through this journey and sometimes we we sometimes we discard it, we don't we don't want to look at it, it's too painful. But if you're really gonna live in this universe and uh, claim your soul, you kinda have to. Well this is Chris Dana, so we're gonna take another break. Um we'll come back and um Finish up our lovely discussion with Sarah Beek, um, author of Red Relation. My Dreams, My Challenges, and Joys is an inspiring book by author Linda Genazzo. This real-life account of raising a child with autism from birth to adulthood takes you on a journey of compassion, love, and hope as it tells the incredible story of a devoted family and their beloved daughter. Together, they faced adversity and never stopped believing they would find the help they were seeking. A breast cancer survivor, Linda Genazzo has a giving heart. With a background in social work with the mentally ill and the homeless, Linda continues to help families in her community. And her book, My Dreams, My Challenges and Joys, brings greater awareness to autism and those families in need. To purchase your copy, visit www.lindagenazzo.com. It's also available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Don't delay. Get your copy today. Jenny Friend is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified clinical sexologist, commonly known as a sex therapist, with over 30 years of experience in the field of sexuality. She's been a researcher and teacher and is further trained in human development over the lifespan. She's also a published author and a radio personality. Her specialized training in lifespan developments means she can help individuals, couples, and families through difficult developmental phases. Her primary ways of working are through the tools of cognitive, behavioral, and psychoenergetics theories and techniques. Couples, individual men and women, and families are also welcome. She can meet in her office in Costa Mesa, California, or on the Internet through Skype at Jenny Friend MFT. 
Call 714-210-9200. You can also send an email from her website at www.centerforclarity.org. That phone number again is 714-210-9200. Welcome back. I'm Chris Stainers, your host at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And we have our final segment with Sarah Beek, author of the new book, Red Velation. And um, Sarah, please give your website where people can read about you, find out about your books, and also, you know, seminars and retreats that you do. Sure. It's sarahbeek.com, but it's spelled with an E. So it's S-E-R-A-B-E-A-K.com. And I have a bunch of retreats coming up this summer um, and different book readings and things like that. And an online class this fall through the Shift Network. Yes, great. So, again, sarahbeek.com. So, um, I think there's some work that you're doing. Um, your, your, your work from this is your soul work is a form of activism, like you're committing to put your soul work into action. What does that mean for you? Yeah, um, I really had to go in and in and in some more <laughs> for quite a long time. Um, but I've always known that it was so I could come out and actually contribute to this planet in the way that my soul originally intended to and in a way where I had my soul with me. I wasn't just sort of creating more damage (laughs) out there. Um, So to me, soul work, even though often it can take us in for a little bit or a long time, the point is to actually push us back out into the world so we can be of better service and we can contribute more and we can, we're just naturally drawn when we start embodying our soul to helping in some way, shape or form with our communities, with um, our family, with you know, the larger um, things that are going on in this planet right now. So that's something I'm firmly, firmly committed to. It's something I'm really intrigued about, um, how this is going to translate directly into that. And it's something I'm still learning. But to me, it's just, this is part of incarnating love. This, this is the only way to do it, is to make it real and embodied and fleshy and on the ground. Yes, and it is that work. A lot of times people just focus on themselves and do the inner work. And, you know, at some point there's giving back and giving service and reaching your hand out for the next person, you know, that's um, um, and, and I know one of the things that you are very adamant about is you're not a guru, you're not a spiritual leader, uh, you're just Sarah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just sure that the, the, the phrase that resonates the most with me is the Celtic one, Anamkara, which just means soul friend. Um, just that I'm, we're all in this together, and it's something I'm really honored to, to be here with everyone doing this, kind of slugging it away here on the planet <laughs> and the human experience. Yeah. Yes. Well, I applaud what the work that you do. Um, I know we've had you here at Woman of Wisdom, and you don't just appeal to young people because we had a workshop that aged from 20-year-olds to 70-year-olds. So um, even though, and it's great that you're writing for a younger voice, but it can appeal to everybody. So I highly recommend people check out the book. And it's poetry. Um, it's written in poetic way and easy to read and um Easy to read, but maybe not so easy to digest. So there's a lot there, and uh, does tug tug at you know our own personal work to do too. So it, it really does um, bring up a lot of things that people are going to be asking about themselves. So thank you so much, Sarah, for your book, for your work. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. So be sure to check out her books, Red Relation and Red Hot and Holy. Um, it's at sarahbeek.com, S-E-R-A-B-E-A-K.com. So we're at the end of our show. So glad to have you on the show today with us listening to um, these. I, I love bringing these great women, authors and leaders to the show to you. Check out my website, chrysalisleadership.com and also womanofwisdom.org. Um and the book is available in Kindle, which has a color art and also soft cover. It, it benefits Women of Wisdom. We're a nonprofit organization, but it's a very inspiring book of many, many um, voices for the divine feminine and um, has ta- talks from people like Jean Houston, Jean Shinoda Bolin, Mary Winwood, who we talked about today, and many others. So this is Chris Danis, your host at Voices of Women on Bold, Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. I'm going to be back on June 20th. I won't be here next week. Um, there'll be a repeat show. But June 20th, I'll be interviewing Noah Belling, author of The Mindful Body. So have a great week, everybody. You've been listening to Voices of Women with your host, Chris Stanis. Come join the conversation where women can work together to bring honor and respect to the feminine voice, which is within all people, men and women. On Voices of Women with Chris Stanis. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. 